At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast. Presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host... Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. We continue to wind our way through the Hornets 22-23 season-ending roster. We're going player by player, giving you our take on each individual player's season that was and how they might factor into the future here for the Charlotte Hornets. Today, we've landed on... P.J. Washington, who had a really strong season for the Charlotte Hornets, career highs in points per game. A lot of positives there to talk about P.J., who also happened to be in a contract year. He is extension eligible for the upcoming 23-24 season. We'll talk about it all, as well as talk with the man himself, P.J. Washington, a little bit later on here in this podcast. But helping me dissect his season, he is the lead writer, senior writer for Hornets.com. One of our favorites here on the Hornets Hivecast, Sam Purley, back for another two Sam's edition of the HHC. Sam, hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for joining us here to talk to PJ Washington. Yes, I did. Thank you very much. I did have a good weekend. Hope you guys did as well. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. It's interesting settling back into uh, quote-unquote normal life here after a 82-game campaign, but we're excited to talk about these Hornets players as we wind our way through the beginning part of the offseason. Let's talk PJ Washington. A lot positive there. Uh, He had a career year in terms of scoring the basketball, 15.7 points per game game, a career high for him in that stat category, which, I mean, there's a lot of things that factor into what makes a good basketball player, but points is the one that most people flock to first, and he had his best season in that regard. Continues to shoot the three ball pretty well. Uh, He is now in the top 10 in Hornets history for career threes, actually sits in seventh, exactly one made three ahead of LaMelo Ball. How about that? Slight drop in shooting percentages, which you do have to factor in there, but he did close very strong, including a career-high 43-point performance in the win at Oklahoma City. What are your thoughts on Season 4 in Charlotte for P.J. Washington? 
Yeah, really impressive. You definitely saw him take some jumps, particularly on the offensive end during those stretches where the Hornets were down a lot of their key primary scores and ball handlers like Lamelo, like Gordon, you know, like Terry at the start of the season. So uh, I think one thing that really helped PJ this year is he was he kind of had a role for the the same role for the entire season. He started at the, at the power forward spot. Um, according to Basketball Reference, ninety five percent of his on court minutes this year came at the power forward spot. So three percent at center and then three percent at small forward. Past couple years has been about. 50 50 at the power forward center positions which uh, i think he did a really good job kind of adapting to and, and it built up his versatility but it also I, I imagine it's challenging kind of going and having a different sort of role and responsibilities every other night and some of that was out of necessity some of it was that because of injuries and things like that different playing styles so i think it really benefited pj to kind of come in and be that stretch four. i think the thing that stuck out to me the most this year was just his offensive game there's just more to it this year he's putting the ball on the floor more he's attacking the basket he's got a nice little floater game game there in the paint um his three-point shooting i thought was is still really good i think everyone's you know when you had all the injuries and then the spacing just kind of hurt across the board and that's i think what has led to some of the percentages being down from a lot of guys is we just don't have as many guys out there it's the defenses are going to be um adjust a little quicker to it so yeah i thought it was it was a really impressive year better job as a playmaker i think you had some games in there too where he came and made some big plays down the stretch, whether it was a rebound, whether it was a layup. First play that comes to my mind was one of those Miami Heat games where he ripped the ball away from Tyler Hero in the closing seconds. Um, I think they were down two, rips it away. You know, second chance layup to go up four, basically decided the game. He had the big game in Oklahoma City, uh, which is kind of his grand finale of the year. So I think the offensive game took a big jump this year. Really impressive stuff from PJ, and I think the having kind of a streamlined role played into that. It was streamlined in the sense that he was the everyday starter. He's the only player on the team that exceeded 65 starts on the season. So he's someone who really would factor into uh, next year's MVP vote, if you will, that the, the kind of the barometer, the, the dividing line that the NBA is going to set here, uh, assuming everything goes through as has been reported on the collective bargaining agreement. But while he had great availability, I think the fact that there were so many lineups he played in, that certainly had a factor. So on, on the one hand, you applaud the fact that he had a career high in scoring, but you also have to take into account that he had a season or a career low in overall season three-point percentage, which, as you indicated, could have been a byproduct of so many injuries and having so much of the opposing defense's focus eventually trickling down to P.J. Washington. You couldn't just not hide, but in a certain respect, hide in the corner and wait for people to draw attention to LaMelo Ball or Terry Rozier or Gordy. Those guys oftentimes were not on the floor. So more attention is on P.J. Washington with the ball in his hands. That's going to diminish your three-point percentage, but he's still able to score at a very high level and, as you said, ended on a high note with that 43-point performance where everyone's attention was on him, and it didn't matter. He goes for 20-plus in the fourth quarter alone and led the Hornets to a a win over a team that clearly made some noise in the postseason in that play-in tournament. I think, too, that's a really good point about when you're kind of out there and maybe the and when everybody's healthy pj might be third or fourth option i mean there were lineups out there this season where he is just kind of who he's playing with in the playing groups and you know playing with some younger guys that kind of don't have the offensive repertoire that he does that you become maybe the first option or the second option and i think that that's good for your career you know if you want to take that next step and knowing that you're going to be the guy that gets the ball and going to be tasked with scoring you're going to see the best defender on the other team or the second best defender and i think that's what really helped pj's offensive game open up a little bit more he had to find different ways to score um i think earlier in his career at least when he started out his rookie season largely kind of a a corner three-point shooter i mean he was really good too but as the 
years have kind of built up and you've seen him take the next steps. I think scoring, I think one of the things he said during his exit interview, one of the next steps for him offensively is scoring more off the dribble, maybe moving more without the ball. Um, I think he did a good job of kind of scoring on the ball this year, but that would be, I think, you know, it's good to see that he already has a, a another uh, step that he wants to take. So yeah, that Oklahoma City game, I mean, just, just to kind of finish on that one, that fourth quarter, um, I think the stretch of the start of that fourth quarter in Oklahoma City where he had like, I want to say it was like 22 points or something. I mean, that was as good a stretch as any single player, I think, on the Hornets this season had in terms of just everything they were putting up going in. I mean, every time he launched a three-pointer, it's like, no way this one's going to go in. And it went in, and it's next next possession, pulls up from three, another one. So that one really kind of stands out as is definitely one of the crazier games of the season. But that stretch for P.J. was about as heat check of a a stretch as I've seen from any Hornet player this season off the top of my mind. And of course you can't extrapolate it all the way. You can't say, oh, he's going to average 80 points a game next year because he was able to put together this one great quarter, but it, it would give anyone who's having some hesitancy about his his future in Charlotte being a free agent uh, should certainly give them pause because you can see what he is capable of in the right circumstances. He is an elite elite scorer. Also, I really like what he brings to the table defensively. I think that's one place where his role really really did become solidified. He wasn't fluctuating nearly as much between being a small ball five and sometimes being a you know a, a really big three. I mean, he was almost always in there at the power forward spot. He did a really good job helping out with block shots coming from the weak side and, and just being that second defender in there with having a, a Mark Williams or a Mason Plumley earlier in the season there to be dependent on at the center spot. And his rebounding numbers, even though it was a career low, they got better as the season wore along. So a lot to like about P.J. Washington. We'll discuss his future with the franchise potentially later on in the show. But coming up next, we'll let you hear from the man himself. P.J. Washington sits down with me after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. 
Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. One last time for the 22-23 season, we welcome P.J. Washington here to the Hornets Hivecast. P.J., thanks so much for joining us both today and all throughout the season. An eventful year, one, unfortunately, that the main headline has been injuries. But from your perspective, as you look back on the season, what is your bottom line takeaway from 2022-2023? I think just going back and looking through the whole season and everything we went through, I'm just excited to say that we've, each and every game we went out and tried to win and everybody played, you know what I'm saying, together and uh, we fought each and every night. So um, that's all you can ask for and I'm just glad uh, our guys did that. It was a season that saw you return to the starting lineup. Some of that was injuries and absences. A lot of it, though, was your own personal growth, and the result is a career high in scoring. How do you feel about your personal development here now, year four in the NBA? I think I'm way better than what I used to be, for sure. Um, I'm just excited that I'm here now. I'm excited that I, uh, I have a lot of things I can work on, and I'm just I'm super excited to go into this offseason and just try to get better. Um, I think last summer was my best summer, so I'm just trying to have a better summer this season. Even though injuries didn't necessarily hit you personally, you're the only player on the team that <laughs> met the 65-game threshold to be considered for the future for all NBA, So, which kind of puts in perspective what happened this season. But they did certainly impact you on the floor. You went from being someone who would be a significant scorer, but maybe not the primary ball handler, to, well, everyone's hurt, so P.J. now do everything, (laughs) and it showed statistically at times your three-point shooting percentage, while still strong and right around the league average, was for you personally a career low. So how did the injuries impact you as one of the few players who did stay healthy for the most part? I think uh, everybody being injured, it made me have a bigger role, obviously. Um, Just coming out and just trying to, you know what I'm saying, fill, fill the gaps, fill the holes with everybody missing, so... Each and every game was something different, and uh, just try to come in with a different uh, mindset on things and try to be aggressive. P.J. Washington, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. It'll be an eventful offseason, to say the least, but as you look back on this 22-23 regular season, do you have a favorite moment, favorite game, favorite thing that happened to you over the course of the season? For me, obviously, I would say OKC. Just that game, I think, was special just because pretty much everybody was out, and I was pretty much with all the young guys. So everybody stuck together. We grinded it out, and we uh, we got a dub um, from a team that was trying to make the play-in. So I think it was definitely fun uh, beating them and also uh, beating uh, Dallas those two games. Under two minutes to play. Maladone to P.J. Washington. He'll drive. P.J. with a left-handed finish plus the foul. Flex on him. An explosive drive for P.J. Washington. He's got 42 points, equaling his career high, and puts the Hornets back on top, 131 to 129. 21 points in the fourth quarter alone. 
a career-high 43 in the win over OKC, plus the two wins over Dallas, knocking them out of the mm-hmm. postseason. Specifically to the Oklahoma City game, you know the, the Hornets, with all the injuries you dealt with, it provided a lot of opportunity for some younger guys. And mm-hmm. there were a couple of games where you kind of got to see, even though for Charlotte, some of those younger guys are, were not necessarily supposed to be in the eight-man rotation normally. Mm-hmm. And one of the young guys who certainly would have helped a lot is LaMelo Ball, and he missed a lot of time. But seeing the young core, I guess, for the Hornets versus a young team in Oklahoma City that had all their pieces and seeing a young team in Houston that how all their pieces you guys not just competed you won one game you were very close to winning another what does that say about where the hornets are and specifically how well the front office has done in putting together this young group that i don't think anyone in the building wants to go scorched earth and and say all right we're just going to throw the young guys out the way houston oklahoma city have but obviously if you had done it you were competitive with those two teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, it's a lot of credit to the young guys for coming in and being ready and uh, being professional. But um, I think they did a great job um, listening to the coach and just trying to come out and play uh, play the right way. I felt like Bryce was really good in uh, these past drafts and games. JT, Mark, everybody's gaining confidence. So I'm just glad that they were on the floor and being able to get better in those in those stretches. On the court is one thing. Off the court, it was uh, kind of a return to normal this year. Your rookie season, you were able to be a part of events in the community, Hornets Gala, all the different events that the team, the Hornets Foundation, and, and you personally try and be a part of. And then the pandemic hits and everything gets thrown on its head. Now we, we finally got a chance to do all those events again. You're always one of the first ones to raise your hand to volunteer for things. What was it like to be back amongst the people of Charlotte, the fans, in terms of the off-the-court things that are so important to the franchise uh, it was great i mean for me that's what it's all about um you love putting smiles on people's faces in the community especially the community that supports you so it was always fun i mean i love uh giving back i love being there for uh, our community and i just i just love being here in charlotte so it was great and i'm just excited to be able to say that i've, I've helped the community out in some way also been a big year for your family off the floor as well, adding a, another child to the, the mm-hmm. Washington family. What's it been like now having two kids and having them both born during the season? Did, did you learn anything about sleep deprivation this time oh, yeah. around that you didn't oh, know before? Oh, yeah. I learned that I won't be doing it again for sure. So <laughs> I'm just uh, excited to have two little uh, uh, beautiful young kids, and um, I'm just excited to be a dad. I mean, it's a, a new part of my life, obviously, so I'm just taking it uh a day at a time and um, just loving every step of it. There is a certain amount of uncertainty going into this offseason that that hasn't been there for you before. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put you know the cart before the horse or that that's not our job here on this podcast but just thinking of your time in Charlotte and, and what your hopes and expectations are for the future. How would you sum that up? These past four years are great. Um, I feel like I, I, when I got here I was a kid and now that I'm here I'm a man now so just a lot of growth, a lot of um, self-reflecting a lot of getting better so um, I have nothing but the love love for the city of Charlotte and uh, my hopes is to be here for the rest of my career so I definitely want to be here and I love the city so this is this is like home to me with that in mind where do you see the the biggest need for improvement with the team is it all internally if everyone can just be more like PJ Washington playing 65 (laughs) games at minimum everything will be right in the world or is there more that needs to happen to get this team where you all expect it to be I think uh, obviously we expected to make the playoffs this year but I mean I think injuries played the biggest part and why we didn't so I mean we would hope everybody plays every game next season so um, that's the goal and I feel like if that happens uh, we have more than enough talent to be where we 
we want to be. So, like I said, I'm just excited to be here. I'm just excited to be a part of this situation, and uh, I just hope everybody's healthy. One thing that was a hallmark of the team now two seasons ago was a level of unselfishness that everyone had to sacrifice in certain mm-hmm. areas because you were all a lot healthier, but the result was a winning record. How easy do you think it will be to, to go back into that after players who maybe not had bigger roles than they would have been and needing to find your, your spot, not just to personally get your own numbers, but as a unit to get where you all want to be? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, numbers don't mean anything if you don't win, so... I think we all know that, and I think being um, on this team, I think uh, one of the veteran guys on the team now, so I'm trying to teach the young guys that. So for me, it's just all about winning. I mean, I feel like if we win that, it brings smiles to everybody's faces. So that's that's my biggest goal. Last one for you before we let you go. The team had a record number of sellouts in a season where you finished almost 30 games below 500. I know there was a, a pent-up demand for mm-hmm. live action and for sports and for basketball after the pandemic. But what does that say about the fans here in Charlotte That in a season that obviously had a lot of frustrations, primarily due to injuries? Those fans were there selling out the building a record number of times, 16 times, highest it's been since the NBA returned to Charlotte. It says a lot. I mean, it says um, how invested the city is in is in with us, and um, uh, we love the city. So um, we're just glad they come out and support us each and every night. And uh, next year, we hope to break more records. So instead of 16, let's make it like way more than that. So I don't know. I mean, I think um, they did a great job of cheering us on, and uh, they were here, I mean, through the ups and downs. So all we can do is thank them for their support. Well, we appreciate your time and your patience with us and, and being so willing to join us either here on the Hivecast or on the Hornets Radio Network for pregame. Uh, it's been wonderful getting to cover you here uh, this entire season. Look mm-hmm. forward to all the best for you and your family. And yes, sir. As I said, fingers crossed, we hope that you're you're here with us next season and, mm-hmm. and we can talk to you much later in yeah. the summer <laughs> to wrap up next campaign. Yes, sir. Appreciate everything. Um, I love you guys, and it's uh, always love for me. We love you too, PJ. He's one of the best, one of our favorites here on the Hornets Hivecast. Coming up next, we'll let Sam Purley back into the booth after this here on the Hornets Hivecast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Sam Farber and Sam Purley of Hornets.com back with you here on the HHC. Sam, we just got a chance to talk to P.J. Washington and a great guy. He has had a tremendous impact here on the Charlotte Hornets from an all-rookie campaign to now his best year from a scoring standpoint. And now it's time to start talking about the future. He is in a contract year or was in a contract year, so he is extension eligible here for the Charlotte Hornets. There's a lot of things to factor in to the situation. You know, the you can't anticipate the same level of injuries hitting the Hornets again, which might push them a little bit further down the pecking order in terms of shot volume that's available to him. That could impact his scoring for the future. There's also the fact that he's 24. He is either right in his prime of his athletic career or he's just about to enter it. Regardless, he's going to get better. And you would anticipate with more health around him. The three-point percentage will go up with a dependable center behind him. His defensive numbers are probably going to get better, either helping out on block shot situations or just rebounding in general. So there's a lot to factor in in the decision for P.J. Washington, and maybe most importantly, with the numbers he posted, particularly ending on a career high with 43 points, there's a lot of other organizations that are going to take notice if there's any hesitation on P.J. Washington. So without showing all of your cards, your thoughts here on where P.J. sits in terms of the Hornets' future. Yeah, well, I like the point you make about how he's gotten better every single year. And maybe if you look at statistically, I think you just got to factor in the certain situations with what his role was that year and things like that. So I go back to his his first two years at Kentucky. I think coming out of Kentucky after his freshman year, I think he could have gone to the draft and they were like projected first rounder, maybe late in the first rounder, went back to school and you already saw that improvement. Scoring jumped, the three-point shooting jumped uh, almost 20 percentage points a second year at Kentucky. I mean, that's a guy that was, is, it was a big deal at the time, was cognizant of the improvements he had to make, went back, made them, and then ended up being a lottery pick. And now you've seen that in the NBA. I mean, he's gotten better every single year. It's more you've got to watch him. You see the steps he's taken and the bigger role he's gotten. I wouldn't necessarily look at it from a statistical standpoint necessarily, uh, just because his role has fluctuated. But you saw what he could do this year as maybe a second or third scoring option off the bench or not off the bench but in this Hornets lineup so I love that he played I mean he played 73 games which was great he was reliable you knew what you were going to get from him there was not nearly as many games where it's 25 and then it kind of dips down a little bit every single night it felt like you were getting that 13 14 15 and then the occasional 25 26 27 point game I think that really helped in terms of the consistency there were less like spikes and valleys as maybe there had been in years past so this is a guy that is coveted in the NBA he's a guy that can play multiple positions that's getting better every single year that can shoot from three point I think you know in a healthy healthier situation when you've got LaMelo Ball or Terry or Gordon Hayward for more than however many games they played together this year 15 or whatever it was you'd see PJ closer to I really believe in that 38 39 percent three point range and not uh, where it was 35 which is still a pretty solid number so size 
versatility, uh, switchability on defense, can score multiple ways on offense. I mean, this is a guy that is built for the modern day NBA, and he's just getting, like you said, getting better and better every year. Yeah, he ends up shooting 34.8% from three, which is below the league average, but again, with so many injuries, so much more attention on him, there are other factors that likely won't be in play come next season, and so if you're you're not accounting for that, you're accounting for some more growth, him continuing to work on his game, he's got a better defined role now, it's not fluctuating again between center power forward, he's going to be the power forward, Mark Williams, Nick Richards, both have been extended, or either they were extended or they were just drafted, so they're going to be here for a while, uh, that takes away some of that pressure to play the five nearly as much, maybe in, in an occasional circumstance, um, but not likely for long stretches of games or seasons, as was the case previously out of necessity, which he did a good job at, but again, it was not ideal, I would say, for him. He's done so much for this team, and I think the biggest thing is the upside with the solidification of him at the four now. It helps him defensively. It's a good matchup for him offensively, and the thought that He's going into the prime of his career. Don't you want to take advantage of that? Those are all reasons to make a big investment in P.J. Washington. I've been told in the past that I'm often too positive, so we're, we're going to give some of the opposite arguments here, just things to factor in if you want to play devil's advocate about what you're considering with P.J. Washington. One, it's a career year and a contract year. You often hear that argument from people that, you know, for whatever reasons, guys have better years when there's a lot more on the line, and sometimes the year after that, there's some regression. Him going into his prime, that's not really a concern, but it is something that you read in darker portals of the internet, which I should probably stop doing. He also had a career low for rebounds, despite playing as many minutes as he ever has, more minutes than he ever has in his career, career low in rebounds. So that's a, a thing that you want to see addressed in the offseason, certainly something uh, that he can continue and will continue to get better at, but it is something that flashes on the screen when you look at his overall stats as well as the three-point percent. The biggest one is what will his role be next year? He, due to a variety of circumstances, ended up being the everyday starter at Power Forward and posted the career high in scoring. But with the Hornets' draft situation with certain free agent decisions that have to get made in addition to P.J. Washington, there's a very real set of circumstances where P.J. Washington's role is not necessarily ideally designed to be the starting power forward. Maybe it's to be the first guy off the bench. And does that change some of the math in terms of what you're able to or wanting to offer and invest in P.J. Washington versus what the market's going to bear on him, which is going to be a lot. So those are some of the things to take into account as you look further down the road here at the decision on pj washington yeah and that's why roster construction is so challenging i think i said it on the the kelly Ubre season recap pod a few days ago like if, if you're going to bring a guy back okay great but how does that affect other guys at his position and then you've got okay i'm bringing this guy back and then we want this guy back but if we bring this guy back he might not play as much so he's got to play at this position oh but the guy already at that position's now got to play over here now and it's like at some point it's like oh now we want to bring back 20 guys then we have you know we still got free agency and we still got draft picks. I mean, it's, it's hard. The whole, it's, it's a puzzle. It's a constantly moving puzzle of, of when you move pieces around too. So, um, I think it is, there is a, I, I agree with kind of your 
takes in the devil's advocate vicinity. You just Is his role going to be the same next year as it is this year? I'll say hopefully not because hopefully he's more of a third or fourth option offensively, which I think would be great. A guy that can you know shoot from three, can score in a multiple of different ways because that means you've got other guys around him that are playmakers that can get him the ball, that can score as well. I mean, the offense, as we know, was kind of a struggle this year for the Hornets and it's because of a lot of it was because of the injuries. I mean, it's just sometimes it was just nothing you could do. You know, there was just limitations with some of, you know, the lineups they had that just struggled to score. So to one other thing of the rebounding too, and this goes into the defensive side, I think he's a great fit next to Mark Williams and Nick Richards as well. I mean, I think that's a really good one-two punch in the front court. And I think PJ has not played next to a rebounder that I think has, I think Mark Williams can average double digit rebounds next year easily. So yeah, I don't think it was an accident that PJ's best rebounding months were the end of the season when Mark Williams had taken over at the center spot. Nothing against the the way things were constructed previously, but I think you're right. Mark Williams kind of taking away the opposing team center freed P.J. Washington up for a variety of things on the defensive side. Yeah, so I, I love the pairing there, and I think you know P.J.'s ability to kind of space the floor, that's going to open things up a little bit. I mean, you could play more four out, maybe even five out. I think we've I think that's maybe a little bit down the road a little bit, but really kind of open this offense a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of factors to kind of take into it. You think you got to use this year and sort of, you know, just given the circumstances, given his role, given, you know, the lineups and, and the situation with all the injuries, I think you got to take everything with a grain of salt. I think Cliff has kind of been very adamant about that you know taking you know especially the end of the season you know where he's talked a little bit about 10 15 games you just got to be careful i think there's stuff you can take away from it but there's also stuff that you just got to be mindful of when you're you know given the scenarios and everything so i think they'll make a very whatever the decision ends up being i think that it'll be the uh the right one for the team but yeah there's a lot to weigh here and is Overall, I don't think I should take away from PJ's season at all. Given his, I think whatever his role ends up being this year, next year, I think he's going to find a way to adapt to it because he showed that he could do that every year he's been here. He's taken on a different role and excelled in it. My my two closing thoughts are, are one: I don't think there is a bad situation that has PJ Washington back here in Charlotte. You can make arguments that there might be better circumstances in a variety of directions, but there's not a bad one with PJ Washington landing back here with the Hornets and continuing his development and, and continuing to try and lead this team towards where it wants to be, which is the playoffs. And, and the most important one: he has played himself into a really good role in the NBA in general. And and while everyone plays for their specific. Team, Team. Like that's really what some of these guys are playing for, and as the person uh, that we've come to know and love here in Charlotte over the last handful of seasons, that that to me as a person is the most important thing. He's a great guy, great family guy. He's been wonderful to us. We are rooting for him. And uh, while there's always these tough decisions to be made, and and we've got Mitch Kupchak and the front office best in the business making him, and in Mitch we trust certainly. We're thrilled that PJ Washington put together this kind of season going into a contract year, and rooting for the best for him, his family, and the Hornets as well. How However, it ends up shaking out. Sam Perley, thanks as always for sitting down with us here. We'll have you back again soon for another recap edition of the Hornets Ivecast. Yes, absolutely. And what you just said about PJ, I echo all of that and more. He's been awesome to be around. It's so much fun seeing a guy that got drafted into the NBA four years ago. It feels like just yesterday, and it's just gotten better and better every year. Has embraced the process, has embraced the organization, the fans, and everything. So it was awesome season, fun to watch, and uh, 
We'll see how it plays out. Looking forward to uh, whatever comes ahead for P.J. Washington. Coming up around the bend here on the Hornets Hivecast, our next player profile two days' time from now, it's going to be Dennis Smith Jr. I guess I have to be more specific because you could be listening to this podcast anytime. So Thursday, this Thursday, 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 Dennis Smith Jr. will be our guest here on the Hornets Hivecast. Rob Longo will be back in the booth. We'll be breaking down Dennis's return to the great state of North Carolina and his first season in Hornets Purple and T. That's coming up next. With many thanks to Sam Purley for joining me here today on this episode and Rob Longo, our producer, for putting it all together. Most of all, to all of you for tuning in. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We will talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.